You are listening to Hellcat's Hope, episode number 13. Welcome to Hellcat's Hope, the podcast to find humor, healing, and hope. Come along with Hellcat as she explores ways to help you overcome adversity and find your own inner Hellcat. Yes, Hellcat is her legal middle name, and hope is her game, bringing hope to others by showing what's possible. Here's your host, law school grad, motivational speaker, author, and certified life and smoking cessation coach, Lori Hellcat Bamford. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Episode 13, My Baby Has a Beard, Leaving, Leading, and Loving. Some of you may be wondering if you haven't listened to past episodes, what is this My Baby Has a Beard all about? Now, if you go back to episode four, you'll hear that story. You see, last spring, a friend of mine had sent me a picture that she took of my son and his buddies gathered around the kitchen table, devouring her very famous cinnamon rolls. And I looked at the picture and I looked at his friends and I looked at my son, Aaron, and I said, oh, my baby has a beard. My baby has a beard. And well, that started a blog and has now become part of my podcast. So any of the titles that you see begin with My Baby Has a Beard, those are episodes that have something to do with your children heading off to college or the military or the workforce or just leaving your house. And so for us, it's a way for me to share our experiences as our firstborn is heading off to college. And we now have half of an empty nest. So today is Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. And we are in the middle of or still in the pandemic. And three days ago on Sunday, my son Aaron and I headed north to his new home in Hayes, Kansas, at Fort Hayes State University. Fort Hayes State University is an NCAA Division II university, and Aaron has received a scholarship to play football there. So the state of Kansas, Department of Health had issued a proclamation or order or finding that if you were from certain states, once you arrived in Kansas, you would have to quarantine yourself for 14 days. Some of the states that have been on that list were Florida, Arizona, and others. Oklahoma, fortunately, was not on their list. However, we didn't want to leave that to chance. So while Aaron's official dorm move-in date is not until Monday, August 10th, We wanted to get him up there as soon as we could. So in case Oklahoma ended up on the list, he could be quarantining and then start football and classes without having to wait. So three days ago on Sunday, Aaron and I head up north. His dad and I had found this great cozy little cabin that he could stay in until his door move in on Monday. And it's perfect. It's adorable. And so I went up there with Aaron, got him checked in, and we spent the next 24 hours getting a few last minute items that he needed, getting him some groceries and whatever he might need to stay there this week before his dorm move in. And I have to tell you, I was so glad to have 
those 24 hours with Aaron all to myself. You know, sometimes I think we get so wrapped up in everything with graduations and parties and COVID and, and all of the things that go along with that. And you have to share your graduate and your child and your son or your daughter with lots of family and friends. So I really was glad that he and I were able to have this time. So we got there around four o'clock PM on Sunday. And as he was checking out his new digs, I went on to Walmart and got him groceries for the week. Of course, as it usually happens after you go grocery shopping, you're so tired from grocery shopping, the last thing you want to do is cook. So we ordered pizza, La Matos Pizza in Fort Hayes, Kansas, by the way, five stars. It was delicious. Aaron had the all meat, of course, and I had the veggie and it was delicious. So after we finished our pizza, I went on to my hotel room for the night and I slept like a baby. I would highly recommend the Holiday Inn Express also in Hayes, Kansas. No, none of these places are paying me for plugging them on the podcast. So that was Sunday evening. Monday morning, I get up ready to get started because we have a few final tasks that need to be done. I get up, do my journaling and start my day. I leave the Holiday Inn Express and I'm so proud of myself because I'm usually not very observant about my car. I was getting into my car. I noticed that my driver front tire was low. I thought that looks kind of low. And sure enough, as soon as I start my car up, all the little dings and messages go off telling me that my tire pressure is at a 27. After stopping at three gas stations, very near there, all three of them said that their air was out of order. I don't know how you run out of air, but in the end, it ended up being a good thing because Walmart Auto found a nail in my tire. So I'm not sure what would have happened if I would have aired up. Eventually that air would have leaked out. So I head over to Walmart Auto and they were able to fix me right up. Now, my dear friend Amber, she had texted me and she said, are you on the road yet? And I said, no, we've we've got some more errands to run. I said, plus right now I'm at Walmart Auto because there's a nail in my tire. She was like, yeah, right. (laughs) So I was afraid people were going to think I was making up these stories to delay my departure from Hayes, Kansas. But I promise I had a nail in my tire. My friend Amber said, oh, what's going to be next? Your windshield wiper fluid is low or maybe your blinker fluid is low. Now, there is a story about blinker fluid. You can ask my brother Mark about it and my mother. Many, many years ago, Mark, my brother, who is a trickster, by the way, and if you haven't listened to the last episode, Mark, you have cancer, please give it a listen, especially if you or someone you know is recovering or battling cancer right now. I think you're going to find a lot of hope what message he has to share. But Mark has always been the trickster. And so one time he told my mother, Mom, I was looking at your car and boy, your blinker fluid is really low. And of course, you know, my mom being the trusting mother that she is would not think that her son would give her bad advice on her vehicle. She took it to an auto parts store and she walked in and she told him, listen, my son told me um, that my blinker fluid is low and I need to get some more blinker fluid. Now, of course, they just looked at her like she was crazy and then they started laughing. And so she realized she had been tricked. So I thought about it. Well, you know, if this tire is not fixable, I may be stranded here in Hayes, Kansas. I may not get to leave or yeah, I might need more blinker fluid, but they were able to fix the tire. And while I was at Walmart, I sent Aaron a message. I said, hey, change of plans because I was going to go pick him up and then we were going to go to Walmart together. I'm at Walmart right now because of my tire. So just meet me up here. And his response was, bruh which has been a response a lot lately. Something that maybe goes off plan or is disappointing. This is what I guess all the kids say, bruh. I said, yes, bruh. 
<laughs> so eventually he makes his way up to Walmart and we get all of our shopping done. Let me just tell you, the Walmart in Hayes, Kansas, first of all, they have this huge tiger head on the outside of the building because Fort Hayes State University, their mascot is the tiger. Victor E. Tiger, by the way, get it? Victory Tiger. So Victor's head is, it's huge. It's on the entrance to the Walmart. And then you go into Walmart and they have aisles and sections of everything you could ever need that has Victor E. Tiger on it and the Fort Hayes State University Tigers. So we really had a great time walking through Walmart, picking out some clothes, getting some things for the week and for his dorm room. So we wrap up things at Walmart. And of course, Aaron's hungry. He hasn't eaten yet. So I take him to IHOP for breakfast. We wrap up breakfast. And let me just say, I have to stop for a second. Every single person in Hayes, Kansas that we came into contact with, everywhere we went, everyone was super friendly. And so it was just refreshing. I think because it's a smaller town, uh, I think it's roughly 20,000 people. And so it's a smaller town, definitely smaller than Edmond or Deer Creek or Oklahoma City. And it was just nice. Everyone is so friendly. So we wrap up breakfast and Aaron's going to find a place to get his haircut. So he pulls up his phone and there's a Great Cuts nearby. So he goes on to the Great Cuts. That's where he's going to, from now on, get his haircut. And I went to go run a few more errands. Well, he calls me and he said, oh, we got a problem. We've got a big problem. I was like, what is it? And he said, they can't trim up my beard. Oh, that is a problem. I don't know if you guys have seen any pictures, but my baby has a beard. His beard is out of control. It is just, he. it's like Sasquatch level. And so with the pandemic and COVID, one of the rules that they have for the hairdressers is, I'm sorry, you just can't, you can't trim beards right now because he had to keep his mask on. And let me tell you, keeping his mask on, getting his hair cut was an event in itself um, because he, he was hot and he couldn't breathe. And it was this really pretty college girl that was cutting his hair and he was trying to carry on a conversation with her. And it was just 10 kinds of awkward. But the bottom line is he couldn't get that beard cleaned up. So we had to go back to Walmart and get a beard trimmer. More on that later. So after we finished the haircut, finished running a few more errands, we wanted to head down to campus because I have yet to really see the campus. And as we were running errands around town, I get a message in my messenger and it is from the admissions counselor at Fort Hay State University, Mr. Derek Edwards. And Derek says to me, hey, if you guys are in town, please stop by on campus and, and come see me so I can meet you guys, which I was just blown away. You know, I don't know if it's because it is a, a smaller university. I'm sure the larger universities, this might happen too, but it was so nice. And he's in admissions. I mean, his job is to get people to come to school there. I mean, we're sold. We're there, right? And, and let me tell you this. I think subconsciously on some level when I was driving up, I think on some subconscious level, I was thinking, you know what? And I shared this with some of my friends. You know what? I'm going to get up here and, and if, if I don't like it and it's dangerous and sketchy and if it's just not good enough, boy, I'll just call this whole thing off. <laughs> now, that's funny for two reasons. One, to think that I had some sort of power or control to call anything off is ridiculous. But two, I loved it. Aaron loves it. 
our entire experience up there was really, really fun. So no, I wasn't calling it off. And then especially when the admissions counselor messages and tells us to come by, it just kind of sealed the deal that this is the place for Aaron. So we go in and we meet with Mr. Edwards and he answers all of this crazy mom's questions about when does he get his ID? Because I know his ID he's going to have to have for the cafeteria. When does he get his parking permit? When is the cafeteria going to be open? What's the cafeteria like? Aaron was asking all that because as I shared in episode four, one of the thoughts I kept having was this terrible image in my head of Aaron in these little overalls that he used to wear when he was three years old and sitting on the the end of his dorm bed with his little feet dangling off and it's dark and lonely and he doesn't have any sheets on his bed and he's hungry. I mean, come on. Talk about your imagination getting away from you. So it was nice just to sit down and hear a lot of specifics and stories. And Aaron and Derek talked about all things game day. And it just sounds like, you know, as soon as this COVID mess is over, it sounds like game day at Fort Hayes State University is going to be off the hook or chains, or whatever it is the cool kids say. Now, speaking of cool kids, I am now on Snapchat. Now, I've been on Snapchat for a while, but I don't get it. So you can ask my daughter, Sarah. She constantly was telling me, you are the worst Snapchat person ever. I was like, why? She said, well, because you leave people unopened. No. Or is it I leave people opened? I don't know what it is, but apparently uh, something I was doing was not right. I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what's wrong? What does that mean? And she said, well, when you get a message from someone, you're just leaving it there. You don't always respond. I was like, well, I probably just didn't have anything else to say. But apparently that's a big no-no on Snapchat. But I have resurrected my Snapchat account because what I've noticed is this is how the kids communicate. This is how Aaron and Sarah communicate. So I figure I better get on board so that I have this mode of communication with my kids. So we had a great visit with Mr. Edwards. Probably the biggest takeaway from our discussion with Mr. Edwards is where you can get all you can eat wings on Wednesday night and how even with the last batch that you order, they'll even put it in a to-go box for you. So that was big and important. So we toured the campus a little bit, took some more pictures. Aaron indulged my need for at least one picture on campus. By this time, it's late afternoon. And so I pick us up a late lunch and we take it back to the cabin and I begin to read and study the instructions on the beard trimmer. I even watched a YouTube video because I'm thinking, I don't want to screw this up. I, I don't get it. I've never had to trim someone's beard before. So this could be interesting. So I study the instructions. It's charging. I watch a YouTube video. I've got the guard on there. I have it on the six setting. And thank you, YouTube, by the way. Speaking of YouTube, I want to give a shout out to Three Stooges Production. Now that is a production company that is owned and operated by my three nephews, Noah, Evan, and Ben. Now guys, (laughs) their videos are amazing. So I encourage you to hop on over there. I will put it in the show notes and subscribe to Three Stooges Production on YouTube. They want 100 subscribers before the end of the year. So please do that for me. Now, back to YouTube. I'm I'm on YouTube. I'm studying these different videos of the beard trimmer. I'm ready. I got it. So he's like, okay, let's do this. So I was like, okay, let's go out on the front porch. The front porch? Why we got on the front porch? I said, I'm not getting that, that bristly red beard hair all over this nice cabin. We're going to go out on the front porch. So the beard trimming case that it came with came with a little um, cape. 
So I felt like a real like uh, beautician. I mean, wait, beautician? What? Sorry, y'all. I don't know what they're called, but I felt like a real barber. And so I put, he sits in the chair on the front porch. I put the cape around him and I get started. Of course, we're both nervous wreck. He's like, mom, please don't make me look stupid. Please don't make me look stupid right before I'm about to start college. I was like, it's fine. It's on six. What's the worst that can happen? So I start, I follow the instructions and I'm starting to, you know, making, you know, running it down his beard all in the same direction. It's not doing anything on a six. So then I bump it to the four and more comes off. Well, at this point, Mr. Impatient has had enough and I'm probably pushing my luck. So it was a little bit better. Again, I just wanted to trim it back a little. I mean, it was like a, a, a bush out of control. And so it was just like, I just wanted to edge it a little bit and just kind of, just kind of rein it in. So we're on the front porch and he's like, mom, you need to hurry up. I was like, why? He goes, if anybody drives by and sees me, they're going to think I'm a little b- I'm on this porch with my mom trimming my beard for me, but we got it done. We survived. And actually I think it looks pretty good. Well, my work was done there. So I slowly started gathering my things and and Aaron, you know, he's 18. He hasn't quite learned the art of subtlety. And Mr. Subtle says to me, hey, I, you, you got quite a long trip ahead of you. <laughs> and he said it like two or three times until finally I said, hey, Aaron, I get it. I, I'm getting I'm getting my stuff together. It's fine. I'll be I'll be leaving in just a minute. And so I left. We said our goodbyes. And I really was kind of proud of myself. I only cried for about 10 to 15 minutes. And as I was retelling this story to Sarah and Reg later, after I got home, I was telling them the story about that he hadn't quite learned the art of subtlety and that Mr. Subtle said, well, you got a long trip ahead of you. Might want to get on the road. And Sarah says, who is Mr. Subtle? Was was that the name of the admissions guy? (laughs) So it was a lesson for Sarah on subtlety. You see, for me, the key to that day, being as wonderful as it was, was because I started that day with journaling. Like I told you, I woke up and just instantly felt heavy in my heart. And anytime I feel that level of heaviness, I know that I need to journal. And if you haven't watched my presentation on journaling yet, please go to my website, www.whatthehellcat.com. And I believe it's under events. It's also on my YouTube channel. You can watch my presentation on journaling. But one thing I do is I journal every single day. And it doesn't necessarily have to be something that's heavy or weighing down on you. Many mornings, if I'm not feeling, you know, questionable about something or worried about something or heavy about something, I just write about things that I'm grateful for. I write about my goals. I write about things that are going right. But Monday morning, it was just heavy and I knew what to do. I thought, I'm going to journal. And so I sat down, pen and paper, and I realized, too, no one was there to make me leave and go home. There was no one there to say, it's time to go. So I knew I was going to have to dig deep today to get done what I needed to get done and get on the road. And so I began to write. I wanted to know where this heaviness was coming from. I knew that that heaviness was coming from my thoughts. And as you've heard me talk about before, and what I teach my coaching clients is all of our feelings come from our thoughts. Was there a way I was thinking about this day that maybe I could think about it differently? Again, I wasn't trying to avoid sadness. I wasn't trying to feel better. That's not the point of this work. The point of 
the think, feel, act cycle and journaling is just to feel and to think about things in a way that serve you and others. You can be in pain and sadness and disappointment, but still show up for yourself and for others. And so I began to write. And the first words I wrote were, I leave Aaron today. Instantly, I realized, ouch, that's not helpful at all. And so I wrote, no, I'm not leaving Aaron. I'm visiting Aaron at his new home. Instead of thinking I am leaving Aaron, I decided instead to think about loving Aaron. I am loving Aaron. And that set the tone for the entire day. My brain then went to work on how I was loving Aaron, from shopping at Walmart to listening to his stories to feeding him at IHOP, which I had him as a captive audience at that point. That always works. To exploring the town together, to visiting the campus and him indulging in my picture taking, to helping him trim that beard, to taking his not so subtle hints that it was time for me to go. I was able to focus on loving Aaron. My dear friend, Amanda Crawford, as I shared this with her, she also pointed out to me, she said, you know what I was thinking as you were telling me that? You're not leaving him, you're leading him. And I said, yes, I'm leading him. I'm loving him. And yes, to think of helping and modeling for our young adults to lead them is much more productive than thinking that you're leaving them. And you know, when I plugged it into the model that I teach, that think, feel, act cycle, I thought about the circumstance was I'm going home today. My thought was leaving Aaron. That created a feeling of abandonment in me. That's why it felt so heavy. And when you feel that heaviness of abandonment, what are your actions? What do you do or not do? Well, I think it would be harder to be present. Maybe I would be questioning my actions. Maybe I would be worrying and doubting. And the end result is I'm abandoning us both. I'm not being present. I'm not helping him. I'm thinking about this heavy feeling I have by abandoning him. That's not the result that I want. And so I think, what is the result that I want? How do I want to live this day with intention? When I think about the circumstance of going home, I want to think I am leading and loving Aaron. That created in me a feeling of love, capability, and strength. And when you finish out that think, feel, act cycle, the acts are acts of love. Shopping, eating, laughing, sharing, trimming that beard, And going home when it was time to go home. The end result, I'm loving and leading him from anywhere, which I can do from anywhere when I have the right thought about it. And so this is an example of how the think, feel, act cycles work. You know, I love this definition of parenting. I read it somewhere one time and it has just really resonated with me. Parenting is like having a piece of your heart out running around outside of your body all willy-nilly. And I just love that definition because sometimes that's what it feels like. And part of my journaling that morning was to be okay with that too. To think about that piece of my heart and saying, yes, here, go, go be all willy-nilly with yourself. We've taught you, you're ready, you're more than ready. And this is what parenting is all about, really. Willy-nilly is where life happens. Willy-nilly is where they discover and learn. Willy-nilly is where life can be uncomfortable and we learn to be okay with discomfort and adversity. 
willy-nilly is where you learn to trust and figure things out and trust yourself. And that's where you get your confidence. Willy-nilly is where the magic happens. And who am I to interfere with that? As much as we may want to protect our kids from harm or letting them experience discomfort, we are doing them a disservice by trying to protect them at all costs. What we need to do at this point in life is move from protection mode to promotion mode. Now, I am well aware that my job is not done. It's just changing a little. I will learn and listen without judgment. Refrain from micromanaging or telling him how I would do it. Case in point, he snapped me a picture of his breakfast, which was Lucky Charms in a cup. Now, I was on the phone with his dad at the time when I got it, and I said, why would he not put that in a bowl? He does know there's bowls there. I remember seeing bowls up in the cabinet. And Tom was like, just stop. (laughs) Let him eat it how he wants. Or he's going to stop sharing. He'll stop sharing these pictures if he feels like he's going to be met with correction or input over every single thing. And I was so grateful for that moment. And so I'm going to pause in those moments and ask myself, is this worth inserting my thoughts right now? Probably not, especially as far as cereal is concerned. Give me a break. This is what parents do. It's loving on the go. It's letting them learn and live and have their own life and path. And you'll be there to love them unconditionally and give advice when asked or when it's more serious than cereal in a cup. And just when you think they don't really listen to you anyway, you know some stuff clicks. We were walking through Walmart and he was telling me all about his morning. He cleaned up after himself. He made his own breakfast. He's taking care of things. And he said it's different when it's your space and your things. You take care of them. So, Mom, I'm sorry about my room at your house. (laughs) And let me tell you about that room. It's been through it the last four years, but it has been such a place of joy. That's where all of his friends come over. Now, I will tell you, they named it The Trap, and I listen to rap music. It's my favorite kind of music, so I know what a trap is. I was like, would you please not call a room in my house a trap? I don't want people thinking we're dealing drugs or something out of it. He's like, mom, that's just what the guys call. That's just where we meet. So it has seen a lot of action. It has seen a lot of holes and broken doors. It's seen writing on the wall and just general grossness from probably most of your typical teenage boys of trash and food and utensils and towels. And I've avoided it for months. I knew I would have to tackle it soon. And that soon was this week. After returning from my trip to Hayes, I knew I was going to have to address it. I was going to have to go through it because I was going to have to gather his last few items for his door move in. Well, Monday night, I get home about nine o'clock and I notice there's laundry on the couch folded and clean. And I look at it and I ask my husband, Reg, I said, what, what is this about? Well, that wonderful man had taken the first crack at that room. He had spent hours removing all the trash and all the laundry, and there were about 12 towels, about a dozen pairs of socks, some underwear and shirts that I had bought, all laundered and stacked up. I'd always wondered what was happening to my towels, but now it was much more manageable and tolerable for me to finish the purge and gather these last few items for packing. That, my friends, is love. You know, Reg and I argue about who loves whom more. I know I can hear you guys now get a room, but I am not sure I will ever be able to outdo this one. He makes things manageable for me. Thank you, honey. So our kids do listen. Aaron apologized for not taking better care of his room, but he also did say this. Now, when you get home, please don't text or call me about my room. I don't need that negative energy right now. (laughs) 
And he said, but just so you know, I will need you to call me about the cowboy boots. I said, the cowboy boots? What are you talking about? He said, well, only two pair of those boots up there are mine. I said, well, how many pairs of boots are up there? He's like, I don't know, like four or five. Well, who do they belong to? He said, I have no idea. (laughs) So, Aaron, you have Reg to thank for this one. You won't be getting any bad energy calls, but I will be calling you to confirm which boots are yours. We can't have you in Hayes, Kansas with the wrong boots walking around all willy-nilly. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Hellcats Hope. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe. To book me as a speaker for your next event, work one-on-one as a coach, or find more information on my upcoming book, please go to whatthehellcat.com. Thanks for listening.